1: You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear.
4: Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio.
3: Welcome
0: to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, dumb,
2: dumb. Oh, hi. Hey, this is Cody Johnson from the Worst Year Ever podcast that you are listening to with your ear holes. I'm joined today briefly by my co host, Robert Evans. Use your words, Robert. Uh, hey. Ah, that's the sound of the tone of the rest of this segment of the episode. Uh, <laughs> uh, ex- see, that's I was going to ask you um, a question leading into that, but you've nailed it. You have answered my question. Um, Katie Stoll uh, is another of our co-hosts. She is um, in the woods right now. Um, what a concept. What an idea that we should all subscribe to. Mm -hmm. Um, Robert, do you want to briefly explain (laughs) to our listeners how you're feeling and uh, follow up why?
5: I feel pretty good. Well, I feel like I haven't slept and like I'm strung out because I passed out at 7 a.m. after a massive adrenaline dump finally faded. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I had a massive adrenaline dump that kept me up until 7. Because last night, like 2,000 people including a mix of like black-blocked up, you know, anarchist activists and like local moms and dads with leaf blowers mm-hmm. uh, started mm-hmm. tearing apart a federal courthouse with their bare hands and a skateboard. Um, and then when the federal agents charged out and started shooting and grenading them, they fought them
2: back inside. <laughs> saw that. I, I feel like I feel I feel like I saw something about that. Uh, and um, and then the feds were like, sorry, and they left. Is no, that, they the shot at reaction? people
5: from holes And so people threw bottles at their hands
2: Uh but then they were like Oh, they mean business, so I guess we'll leave them alone
5: No, I think now the DHS secretary uh, The statement he just made Was something along the lines of uh, If the federal agents leave that courthouse today They're going to burn it down Which I uh, it,
2: That's not they that's, might. Like, <laughs> that's like a 50-50, right? Like 60-40 yeah. maybe on that There's a decent chance Um <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like that's going through a lot of the minds of um any officer uh like law enforcement officer in the vicinity of anything like this knowing that like well if we leave they might burn it down now because of that thing that happened they know
5: i'm gonna be honest with you if uh the feds actually like left the courthouse I I I find it highly unlikely that it would be burnt down. I think it's much more likely that people would occupy it and attempt to start a rib restaurant out of it. Right. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> mm.
2: Courthouse ribs, yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah. It, it'd still be riot ribs.
2: Bar, barbara courthouse. Yeah, yeah. it's riot. riot barbara courthouse. Too, yeah. People will figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, that's not that's not the important thing right now. Um. So this has been happening for uh, how many nights would you say at this point?
5: I think last night was night like fifty-four.
2: It's been going on and on and on and on and on. Um, would you say that? Because uh, obviously, this this started. Um, this all started when the you know the massive civil unrest across the nation uh, occurred uh, in response to George Floyd's murder. Um, is uh, would you say like it's grown quite a bit? Uh, ebbed and flowed. Um, is. It- their, their response, I imagine, is probably fueling yeah. a lot of people coming out now.
5: It's ebbed and flowed. About like a week and a half ago, you know, when the feds were starting, you know, when the, the feds had been coming out for a few days and beating the hell out of people, mm-hmm. the movement was at a real low ebb. You know, 300 people would have been a big action. It was usually more like 100 most nights. And, you know, as a journalist, those were the hardest days because you were just, when you were showing up, you were showing up to just watch 200 people get the fucking piss beat out of them. Like, that's that's what was happening, is these small crowds were showing up and trying to do actions, and, you know, they were at this point tough and skilled with all the things they needed to do, but there just weren't enough of them to do much, and they were just getting right. wailed on. And it was really a bummer. Um, And it was kind of driving some of us crazy. Uh, And then, the you know, the Snatch Fan video went viral and Domin- yeah. uh, Donovan LaBella getting shot in the head went viral, and then uh, President Trump started talking about how he'd quelled the protests, and he kind of made it into he he like it it, it you couldn't have done anything better to revitalize and bring more people out to the streets. Like it it absolutely changed the game.
2: Yeah, I um I wonder uh, how that will continue. in the I guess I, it's hard, it's you don't want to like apply logic to any of these people, really. Um, certainly not him. Um, nope. But uh, I don't know, sometimes you get a sense that like, well, okay, so like they they poked the bear to make it worse so they can crack down worse.
5: Yeah, I don't know. It it feels at this moment, maybe that's where it'll end up, it feels at this moment like they made a major miscalculation, right? Right. Um, Like a lot of this happened because this crowd of moms showed up to protest the Snatch fans and they shook a fence and so the feds tear gassed all of these people. And one of the results of that is that like, a whole lot of just, like, normal kind of middle-of-the-road folks in Portland have now decided it's actually really fun to go out and fight federal agents every night uh, and maybe fight the police, too. We'll see. Yeah, um,
2: it's it gets you get the sense of that from a lot of the videos. Like, oh, you're just like, you've lived in, like, down the street, <laughs> and you were yeah. like, oh, all right, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, it
5: was kind of like there was this, there was a lot of uh, from the more cynical members of the press corps when like the moms and and stuff started coming up. There was this feeling like, OK, you know, we've seen this before. We'll get some huge numbers. They'll start doing marches while they march around the city and don't uh, confront anyone because they're not going to want to like actually commit serious federal crimes. Right. And then this will all fade away. But then the moms just started committing serious federal crimes.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> repeatedly. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they keep they keep seem to keep doing that, and yeah, it seems to be like okay. Well, if they do that, then we got to do this. But then if we do that, then that creates this image that is going to influence other people to come out. Um, it's yeah, hard to right. tell like yeah, if it'll if it will continue that way, or if they will wi- ru- like wise up, but, you know, like there are so many protests around. Protests are still going on. Um, it's not uh, necessarily national news all the time as it once was um but as we've seen when the cops don't show up to the protests in riot gear and bother people they don't it doesn't turn violent
5: yeah um, and that like seems the, to
2: be yeah maybe something they should consider who knows
5: <laughs> there are some tactical lessons for them here cuz like the the portland police headquarters is right next door to the courthouse and last night the portland police just let the crowd go after the feds like they didn't show up they were nowhere mm. nearby And nobody (laughs) fucked up with the Justice Center. Everybody just kind of like wailed on the feds. Um, which was interesting, like the the kind of lack of loyalty between the two groups, who had been beating up people together for a couple of weeks. But the feds were unpopular. Like the, mm. the cops were like, oh, we actually don't like the feds at all. Yeah.
2: We love we love our we love our citizens. Yeah, uh, go get go go get the feds, folks. It's like it's yeah. like that bit like you like slowly like back up into the crowd and go, yeah, let's get them, fellas. Yeah, let's
5: let's get them, fellas. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. <agree. laughs> um, which is something that really does worry me. I am worried that like people will focus too much on the feds and then be like, ah, when the feds leave, you know, we, we did it. And, you know, the right. police are still a big problem here. Yeah. Um,
2: we'll I see. Guess, I guess that's one thing. Other thing I'm, I'm wondering, cause I, uh, you know, these protests started, uh, in response to a lot of specific, specific things. And, um, it's this, when you like, when you go to these protests, do you get a sense that these are still like black lives matter protests or is it more just like, man, the cops, j- they're just awful. And the feds are here and like this has gotten this is ballooned into this other thing that is driving people out as opposed to the sort of original yeah. purpose. They are still question. Black Lives
5: Matter protests. That's still like a big thing that drives a lot of what folks say. Um it's it drives a lot of the chance. It's it's driven a lot of like is a lot of why people got out there in the first place. That said, after fifty something nights of getting assaulted by law enforcement there is now like a personal dimension of no, we specifically hate these cops because they've been beating us up and we don't right. want them around anymore. Um, so yeah, it is, it has gotten to be like, yeah, after 50 days of continuous fighting, it's not going to be exactly about the things it was when it gets started. But yeah, there's, I, I would right. say black lives matter is still centered as kind of the core of like, if we don't get these people out of our community and start spending the money that we currently spend on them on reinvesting in these in you know minority communities, uh, indigenous communities, black communities, um we're 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 not gonna fix any of the problems we have. Like we have to actually like make some real changes for those people and also for ourselves. Um, and it just the thing that has galvanized everyone is the repeated assaults.
2: Right. right, right, and sort of um I think opening up a lot of people to these to the to the to the end goal the ultimate goals and um uh that that are swirling around um you're these are these are the solutions to this problem that we started protesting for you're 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 uh exemplifying the problems we're talking about against us um and it's almost like bringing, yeah, it's sort of like building solidarity through these shared experiences, building um, understanding of what those issues are and like what what can be done about them. Um, I saw there's that one guy, um, just a just a, a solid brick of a human man who was attacked by cops. There's video of him like with batons. They like try to beat. Oh, that his guy knees, was a ba- and he, he just like does not horse. move. He was a brick. Yes. Um and they yeah. like spray they spray him with mace and he's like all right twirls Fuck around you. flicks him off and that's it. Um he was just a guy. Um who I mean just a guy. But everyone's just a guy. Um but he was uh he had seen how the uh protesters were being were being treated. Um through various yeah. uh, avenues of reporting and he was like and so I wanted to go and check it out because I I think he was in the navy maybe. Yeah he um, was a navy man he'd been navy. to the
5: naval academy yeah.
2: And he was like, yeah. "I don't like how these people are treating the protesters. I'm gonna go now too." And, and now he was like, "I'm we-
5: gonna have a conversation with them and talk about the oaths that we both swore and yes. like how they're holding up to them
2: <laughs> yeah and then and their response was uh that freaking video um yeah. and yeah, just sort of like building um yeah, these sort of uh collective um Frustration and experience and pain um, and reaction to what's going on and uh, built, you know, getting the moms out there, the um, the the milfs as I I call them. Um, the yeah,
5: moms. you do that a lot. It's yeah. it is mothers mothers
2: in love with freedom. Yeah, mothers in love with freedom. I, yeah, I, I, with I, freedom. Want, to, I want to be really clear <laughs> what I meant by that. Thank you.
5: Uh, that's very funny, Cody. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: thank you. Let them know.
5: Yeah. Um, man, it was. I just can't get over what I saw last night. Like, and, and some of it's terrifying because I am fairly certain people are going to to get shot with live rounds at some point. Yeah. Like last night, at one point, a federal agent tried to arrest someone and was tackled by four people. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they pulled their friend away and knocked his helmet off and he pulled his sidearm and started waving it at the crowd. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. But they de-arrested there. But it's also like uh, at some point, and it was one of those things where yeah. I was like, "I'm glad this is a f- it, yeah. right." Like, at least yeah. that
2: person wasn't a cop, right? Like that. Yeah, because a cop would have shot them. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> like, that story has a has one very specific yeah. ending. Um, yeah, yeah. that's, thank that's God, that's, it that's was a part, federal agent. right. That's, yeah. There's like part of it where it's like some of these interactions you see, you're like, thank God these people have actually been trained in like restraint and precision. <laughs> but at the yeah, same at least time, with the guns. You're, yeah. Right, right. But at the same time, you're like ah, I wish these people weren't here who've been trained for, like, precision, you know? Like, uh, yeah, weird, this weird, uh, conflicting um, reaction to just, like, state violence uh, happening. And you're like, well, that guy, at least he didn't shoot the person for yeah. stopping the arrest, <sighs>
5: but... Well, and there's, uh, like... So the th- one of the things that was really unique about last night is the 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 the, the crowd finally got the phalanx move right, where you get... Dozens or a couple of hundred people with interlocking shields and you just take what punishment the police, and you keep moving forward slowly inching forward as they shoot you to kind of make the point that like you can't stop us now and they had leaf blowers all around the sides Mm -hmm. and in the back to blow tear gas away from the phalanx and this crowd was just like continuously marching forward under fire while fucking um, uh, Rage Against the Machine blared out of a Mm -hmm. boombox behind them, just like, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. And when they got close enough to the guys with AR-15s, they just started hucking bottles at them.
0: Wow.
2: There are are things happening. (laughs) Yeah. God, it is, some of this stuff, it's like a complete breakdown of just like what people thought, like, just, like, like so many cops, like, I thought, I thought we were cops and we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought they weren't allowed to throw bottles at us. <laughs> yeah. um, do you have a lot of um, contact, like, any contact or interaction with the actual, like, Portland police?
5: I mean that uh, we. I was with an action on Saturday that lit their union on building on
2: fire. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, be, just like beyond the observation, like, do you like ever? Did do you ever contact them? Do you get statements from them? Uh, Not obviously, anymore. Like, obviously, like, I why, mean, what's the point? One of the um, things that was really unique them, but,
5: about the Portland police prior to all this is that they were famously very difficult to get statements out of for any reason, really. Mm-hmm. Um they're just a pain in the ass to, to get to talk to you.
2: Well, why well, would, um, you know, you yeah. <laughs> no. And I, you know, the
5: more traditional good journalists in Portland, like Alex Zelensky and Sergio Olmos, um, have been, you know, getting statements and doing the, the proper journalism stuff. Um, while the, the rap scallions among us, mm. uh, uh, <laughs> just wa- just, just, just yeah.
2: watch. Just watch bottles get tossed at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm familiar with your live streams. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. It's just. It's just interesting that that relationship and like. Because also like you know uh they have uh arrested and like beaten up journalists during all they of sure this. have um and uh just that that dynamic is just so uh fascinating to to see and like even just like simple stuff just makes me really laugh about them the the they tweeted last night the, the their po- police social media is so funny it's amazing to me. it's yeah. so good Bizarre. um it's just like this one thing they did last night um during the courthouse uh fiasco you're talking about uh just they tweeted out randomly like uh, hundreds of people are clogging this area uh southwest 3rd avenue outside the federal courthouse and packing it this activity is being live streamed. Avoid the area for safety. And like, it's just so funny to me, the choices they make in like the things they want to tell the city. Cause this tweet went out at midnight. Mm-hmm. So like at midnight on a Monday, they're like, Hey everybody, steer clear of the federal courthouse. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking? Like, why bother? Who, is, who are you telling to, to avoid the courthouse at midnight on Monday? Other than this weird performative, like yeah. by the way, Antifa's out. Stay in your homes.
5: Uh, it's very funny. Um, it was very very <laughs> funny. I, I I. It would have been interesting to see the crowd that we had last night go up against the Portland police again because the feds are so much gnarlier. Um, yeah. Yeah. You you get you get like I don't know that they know what the fuck to do at this point. Um, I'm sure it, they'll figure out something really really terrible. Um
2: oh yeah, where it's yeah not gonna be like, great. Soon. Obviously
5: it's not over and I'm sure the next chapter will have some horrible darkness in it. But it after just weeks of getting wailed on, um like the last time before this that I really saw a, like a real fight with the feds, um other than Sunday, um was like the the Thursday before where it had been like seventy or eighty people who were just there was just this line of 40 soldiers shooting at a, like this crowd of the same size and just fucking beating the piss out of them um and it was it looked like something from a fucking Hieronymus Bosch painting they had like this mm-hmm. giant this giant burning bucket they carry that's like filled with tear gas pieces and they like ladle it out onto the street it looks like a fucking nightmare yeah a lot of um, a lot of
2: heads made out of butts with horns yeah. and stuff classic bosch stuff
5: yeah yeah a lot of a uh-huh. lot of butt heads um but man, they uh it last night was real different. Last night the crowd won. Uh...
2: yeah, that's um I think and uh <laughs> you're probably gonna go to sleep after this. Yes. So good good work, good work in, in, in all that you do. I think that that's just that's how it's going to be, right? You're gonna have those nights where it does feel like it's forty armed like feds just like against a small crowd of people. And then others it's rib night, right? It's look yeah. at look at look at all the ribs and moms everywhere. Um there's something there was something just really uh inspiring and powerful and joyful about that like the chance coming from the, all those moms who were like fuck off. Yeah. Um in not in so many words, sometimes I'm sure they did say that, but um there was the
5: mom behind me, because as, as we were, there was like an hour where we were all crowded in around the courthouse, people were like barricading the doors with their bodies, and it was just kind of this like, I don't, are people going to push things enough that the feds do come out? Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, I, I, all, I was looking around at all these mothers who, you know, a lot of them looked uncertain, they're all very new to this for the most part, and then one of the moms behind me said, I want to get a fucking sledgehammer and break open the doors <laughs> of this courthouse. <laughs> And then she went up to the door with a kid in block and they both started trying to kick it down.
2: <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> I swear. The, so the, weird. Just some beautiful alliances being made this year. Um, That's so bizarre.
0: <laughs> and uh, uh, speaking of some uh, uh, alliances we've made this year, uh, Cody, you want to intro what will happen after the break?
2: I couldn't possibly want to more.
0: Oh my God, thank you so um, much.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, so we're going to come back. Um, you'll hear Katie's voice when we come back.
0: Katie, um, Katie. From
2: the woods. Um, and <laughs> so we we uh, will be interviewing Brenda and Hayden from uh, Rock Music City, uh, which is the Restaurant Opportunity Center, um, and uh, talking to them about their workers' movement for the hospitality and service industry in their area and sort of what they do and uh, what can be done um, locally. Uh, if you don't have the resources to get a sledgehammer with a bunch of moms and break down a federal courthouse building um, door. So, see you soon.
0: Welcome to the worst
1: year ever. We'll get through it together or not.
0: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Today we are
4: joined by Hayden Smith and Brenda Waybrandt, uh, who are both on the steering committee, I believe, uh, for Restaurants Opportunity Center Music City, which is a collection of Nashville-based restaurants employees who are advocating for workers' rights uh, within the industry. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. Did hey. I How's... did I do that intro right? Is that's the gist of what you guys do?
7: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was great.
4: Um, I thought so it was according... a perfect
2: intro, Katie. Right. Thank
4: you. Gosh, well, yeah.
2: thanks, and oh, goodbye. All right, Robert we did and Cody it. Are, <laughs> are
4: learning. Yesterday, I, I talked extensively about how well I respond to positive affirmations. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> mm-hmm. thank you for putting that to practice, guys. Yeah, we all
5: have our different things we respond to. For me, yeah. it's Waco.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Um, Guys, according to your website, uh, you are fighting to create uh, a food service industry that empowers workers to thrive, not just survive. Um, And you have been organizing fellow workers and allies um, to provide resources for people within the industry. Can you um, uh, take us back to the beginning and tell us a little bit about uh, the organization, how you got started?
7: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So... Um, I had done a little bit of organizing around a, uh, wage theft suit at one of my former employers and, um, through that started talking to some local labor organizers and stuff that, uh, got me hooked up with, uh, Restaurant Opportunity Center United, the national branch of the, um, mm-hmm. organization. And, um... So, you know, that kind that kind of was going pretty slowly, and then COVID hit, and all of a sudden everybody was out of work, and it was, like, extraordinarily obvious that um, nobody was going to be there to help us, because, yeah. like, Tennessee's unemployment system was terrible, like, there was just, there was no safety net for us, um, and so, like, all of a the sudden there was this huge interest in getting organized, um, and I met, like, wonderful people like Brenda here, um, who... You know, shared the same interest. Um, and, yeah, we built a steering committee and it started rolling.
4: Um, so, OK, so it, it, you guys had the organization had been in existence a little prior to COVID-19. But then when this hit and you saw the impact on your community, um, it started to become more focused on a response to COVID-19.
7: Yeah, well, uh, Restaurant Opportunities Center United has been around since 2001, okay. um, and so I just got in contact with them. But um, the Music City affiliate um, didn't get started until like it was a it was a response to COVID nineteen.
4: I see. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the work that you are doing in response to COVID nineteen? Uh, I believe this is your safer at work initiative.
7: Yeah. Okay. I can take this one. Um, yeah. So. Um, you know, safer at work to play on safer at home, and we're just trying to push restaurants to basically just follow the guidelines and do the bare minimum of keeping people safe and not getting them sick when they go out to eat. Um, like we've we've had a lot of bosses um, in Nashville just not pay any regard to the um capacity limits to anything like that so we're trying to um serve as a bit of a watchdog there and watch um watch out for that and then also we've been pushing for like stricter fines um for when people do violate those things um we had a pretty good win with the beer board who um yanked the uh beer licenses of a few um local restaurants that weren't um you know playing by the rules. Mm-hmm.
4: So yeah, I'm, I, how long were you guys shut down and out of work before reopening? Have you seen um, have 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 any of the people that you work with or you know organize with uh, been affected by this rushed reopening in all the different places? yeah, we
6: we all have um, a majority of us. I actually work at a really large venue downtown Broadway. Um, that decided they aren't going to open until October. Um, okay. And they decided this in, in June um, before our case count started to go up. But so um, I brought up my issues to my, to my employers um, probably towards the beginning of March. And I was like, hey, so if we have to shut down seeing what was happening in Europe and Japan and, um, and China and everything, mm-hmm. if we have to shut down What's our what's our process on that? Like, are we gonna get paid? Because front-of-house workers, we make $213, 450 right. an hour depending on our position. What's our pay rate gonna be at? Like, do we get to keep our health insurance since it's employee-sponsored health insurance? And I'm fortunate enough to work at a restaurant that actually offers health insurance. Yeah. yeah. Um and and they kind of laughed at me. They were like, Oh, we're not gonna shut down, no big deal, whatever. Um, and then my last table was from Seattle. And that was, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to like voluntarily stay at home um, after that. And then like, I think that was on a Thursday and by the next Monday we were shut down and that was March 16th ish, somewhere right around there, you know, and then we immediately had some of the bar owners on lower Broadway um, who were notorious for flouting the laws, um, start protesting and picketing and saying that it was their civil right to be open and to engage in their business. Um, And, you know, we've called out several bars um, in Nashville and also outside of Nashville for having people sitting at the bar when it was um, not included in um, the phase one that we were in Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, And we've seen so many pictures of bars that are just packed with nobody wearing masks. And now we have a higher per capita case count than Florida, just Davidson County, our county today, really higher per capita case count than Florida. Yeah. And that's of July 14th. We have like 111 cases per 100,000 people and Florida is less than that.
4: So Brenda, your restaurant that you work at has not reopened since then. And so you've just been without
6: out of work for this time. Hanging out on unemployment, um, which in the state of Tennessee is $275 per week Um, (sighs) pre-taxes. So it's really imperative that we get something passed um, before the end of July. So Tennessee's CARES Act, we get our last payment on July 25th because of the way the week runs. We -hmm. don't get it anything after July 31st. And so our cutoff date is the 25th. Um, and so that's going to be a lot of hurt for a lot of people. Right. And, and Nashville is built on um, hospitality and entertainment mm-hmm. and tourism. And none of that is coming back anytime soon. And so Trump came out today and said, hey, if you if you don't like where you're at, just go find another job. Well, where <laughs> yeah. are we supposed to find another job when we have hundreds of thousands and of, of, of people in Davidson County out of work with with what to replace it?
4: Right. Yeah. Cody and I were just chatting about that before this started about uh, maybe as something that we talk about this week on another episode, but yeah, that whole go out, find another job, do something new. Find but your passion.
7: Not,
2: okay?
4: Yeah.
7: Now's the time. Use right? this as yeah. a time to now rebrand. More than ever. And I'm, I'm extraordinarily tired of hearing that. Cause something that motivated me to do this is like, this is my passion, you know, like I'm a career bartender. Like this is what I do. And I was fairly satisfied with where I was at. Um, until there was a major pandemic that all of our leaders handled horribly. So like, I don't, I don't want to go change industries right. and go like right. get an office job. Like I would, I would not like that.
4: Also, no, so. where are these office jobs you're where talking about?
7: <laughs> um,
4: so I'm curious. So Hayden, have you also been out of work this whole time or is your restaurant had you come back to work at some point? Um, I'm very uh, curious no, to know what the safety standards are like and how comfortable people are feeling. I know people want to work, um, but are restaurants taking care of their employees, you know?
7: Uh, so I I am still – uh haven't been called back yet. Uh, the restaurant is open, but they're calling people back in order of seniority, mm-hmm. and I was uh, fairly new at the time of the shutdown, so mm-hmm. I'm going to be, like, very last on that list. But um, – a, a lot of our steering committee members have been called back. And as far as how safe the restaurants are being or how seriously they're taking it, it seems to vary wildly. Like mm-hmm. some places, you know, will close down all the time and deep clean. If there's anything like close to um, an exposure. And then some places just, I mean, we keep having to fight these bosses. They like won't even disclose that there was a case to their full staff, like much less the public. So um, mm-hmm. it, it just, it it varies right,
2: wildly because they're just trying to stay open. For yeah. As long as
1: they can when did without, restaurants
0: yeah. actually open where you guys are? Like, did you do a, a thing where it was only outdoor, or was it always just open for dining? or right now, um. our really stupid mayor, uh, Mayor Garcetti, is doing this, like, alfresco initiative, and I just want to punch him in the face where it's just like Uh, our governor made
5: this baffling announcement that um they they want restaurants and bars to stay open as long as people wear masks and social distance inside and she made a statement that they don't think that they don't think that situations like that contribute to the pandemic at all which seems like (laughs) like madness (laughs) like like howling (laughs) madness to me but i i'm not a medical professional
2: I don't think you need to be.
4: <laughs> that, that sounds like a professional right. diagnosis to me. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, we'd love to know
0: what that was like for you guys. Yeah, what the what the shutdown yeah. reopening phases, I hate that word, um, have been in your, where you are. We opened
6: um, towards the end of May. I want to say like around May 20-something or other. Um, and our phase one was supposed to be like a 25% capacity Mm -hmm. in restaurants and retail and, um, you know, no gyms and and bars and all of that stuff. And then that went awfully because nobody really cared about it. And then two weeks we went to phase two and we were there for a while, which is 50% capacity in restaurants and retail. Um, and I think gyms maybe could open partly, or maybe they kept those till phase three um, but but all throughout that, we saw several bars on lower Broadway that were just open and partying all night long every night and and yeah. people coming in from out of town. Um, and, you know, we have some some employees that we hear that are just like, oh, this is a hoax and it doesn't matter. And we have some people that are literally scared for their life, that are yeah. compromised, that that are just taking all of the right steps and trying to protect themselves. And because. Because we were given guidelines, and I put air quotes around that for, for all of you who are on a podcast, um, because we were given guidelines and not mandates, um, it's, it's easy for restaurants to say, we don't have to comply with this, um, and right. we can just risk our staff to make a couple bucks. Um, and it's just yeah. so frustrating that,
0: Absolutely.
6: that we yeah. are considered a human being.
7: Yeah, and that, that compliance issue has been ridiculous because like nobody wants to take responsibility for making it happen like Tosha was like all we can do is guidelines and the health department was like well we've never had to deal with a pandemic before and the mayor's like it's definitely one of their jobs definitely not mine and so they just keep passing around the responsibility mm, and yeah
5: being a very functional society that we have <laughs> yeah,
2: we're nailing it everywhere
5: <laughs> yeah, I love it <laughs>
4: So, according to with my interactions with you guys and also um, looking over your website and everything, um, I understand that uh, your focus is employee safety at work, but that is a larger umbrella than just Covid nineteen, which is the obviously the immediate emergency. Um, But I'd love to to hear you guys talk about some of the other other things that you have been working on, um, you know, racial discrimination, sexual harassment, because these are both huge problems within the restaurant industry that I think a lot of people don't notice or, you know, at least aren't aware of, you know.
7: Yeah, for sure. And I can't wait for COVID to be over so we can start organizing around all of the other parts that are broken again, because so much of it is broken. But yeah, the the racial equity campaign is something that we're, um, we're kicking off right now. And I was doing like a, a mental inventory the other day of all of the managers I've ever had. And I think I've had one non-white front of house manager in my entire 10 years in restaurants. Mm. Um and, uh, yeah, just the, the hiring discrimination and the, um, the disparity there is, is really, really remarkable.
6: We were having a conversation in one of our meetings about how many non-white bartenders we have on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you think about all the restaurants you go to, how many non-white, especially male, non-white male bartenders have you seen? Like, that's not something that, that you see very often. And we, we hear that on the bars on Broadway a lot. Like, if you're not a female, you don't get a bartending job. Um, and and
4: it's... What? just In and of itself yeah. is grotesque, you know?
7: Yeah. Um, the, the fact that people try to frame that, though, like, it's... I don't know. Uh, if they're... I will take not being harassed every single day at work for, like, not having one of those bartending jobs, and my heart really goes out to all of those girls, which is... Why we have to also pick up that sexual harassment camp, uh, campaign because it is – the working conditions down there are ridiculous.
4: So when you guys talk about these a- campaigns, can you give me a bit more s- – s- some more specifics? Um, what Do you have like specific goals that you've outlined that you're working towards? Are you uh, going out and, and reaching out to other restaurants and employees? I'm just curious about your process and, and, and what this looks like.
7: Yeah, so, I mean, the first step on these is always just, like, gather enough information um, about the problem and generally share workers' stories. Like, we, um, we try to always put the workers' stories front and center on all of these things. So we go around and just gather stories from people who have been, like, um, discriminated against in hiring or fired unjustly and things like that. And so we're gathering those to do a series on social media um, and then through that, we can really outline some of the more, like, bad actors of the, um, of the bosses in the, uh, in the industry. And then we generally tackle it on, like, a restaurant-by-restaurant uh, restaurant or, like, hospitality group-by-hospitality group basis. Um, there's one owner in Nashville right now that, after the uh, first uh, round of uh, Black Lives Matter protest, tweeted something like, they had guards at their restaurant ready to shoot rioters uh-huh. and looters. Um, and so he put himself out there pretty concretely, pretty solidly. Yeah,
4: so. yeah he made his stance known. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the worst year ever.
3: We'll get through it together or not. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you.
1: And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
0: Savings based on cost
4: of Consumer cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024.
1: If you're 21 years old and use nicotine or tobacco, I'm here to tell you about Black Buffalo and how it's redefining tradition for millions of adult consumers. So if you're over 21, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd head over... To blackbuffalo.com dot com to learn more. Warning: This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults aged twenty one and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco.
5: You
4: mentioned a case that you just won uh, a little, little. I don't know how long ago. Recently, with the the. The beer place? <laughs> Remind me of what the name, their name is. I don't know why Beer Brothers is coming to mind, but I bet that's not the name of it.
6: Oh, yeah. The the Beer Boards. So the Beer in Boards. Nashville, <laughs> in Nashville in, Nashville, in <laughs> Nashville, in order to sell beer, you have to have a license from the Beer Board, but I you see. also have to have a license from the Liquor Board to sell liquor. Um, I see. So, because we live in the South and we're good old boys. Um <laughs> And so the beer board had a meeting and was trying to decide what to do with these bars that were just ignoring the, the rules. And um, I went to that meeting and listened in on it. They um, Their previous fine that they would offer was a max of $1,000 and that was selling to a minor. And so they were really like figuring out what do you do? What do you fine these bars for flouting a public health, like a mm-hmm. public safety law that's meant to keep people alive. Um, and so they decided to do um, a five day uh renouncement of their beer permits, um, which doesn't necessarily shut them down. It just provides prevents them from serving Budweiser or Bud Live, right. but they can still serve shots.
4: Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah. So underage shots are still okay. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs>
6: For a thousand dollars.
2: So you do work with like uh, like city council and uh and things like that to sort of like integrate these like the public uh facing campaigns with uh more like policy-based stuff
7: yeah um so our model of organizing is um a worker's center and not a union um which is something we probably should have mentioned earlier um but so um in doing that we try to tackle like industry-wide issues and so that ranges from you know uh talking to the mayor and the beer board to try to work out what these um, fines and punishments should be to, um, you know, doing marches on the boss or, you know, right. um, anything like that. But that was one where we, where we did work with um, state.
4: How uh, do you, how and, does that – is that going well? I mean, what's it like working with them? Do you find them to be responsive?
7: Um, we have a couple city council members that have been just absolutely wonderful um, – right. com- Councilwoman Sharon Hurt uh, gives the um, coronavirus update at the top of every meeting and uh, spent four whole minutes of that one time. It's like a five-minute update spent, like, the majority of it, just voicing our concerns about, like, worker safety and everything. Um, There's another one, Sean Parker, that's been the um, liaison between us and the health department. He's been really awesome. Um, That
4: just highlights something that we talk about a lot here you know the importance of focusing on local elections as well um it's really easy to overlook them or in the past it has been i think for a lot of people you're like focusing on making
2: making sure those people are there uh, yeah i mean respond because it very easily could have been another person who uh does not take this seriously
6: yeah our local central labor council um does election initiatives every year and focuses on labor centered candidates. There's Mm -hmm. the word that I'm looking for. Um, and so we're working with their coalition this year to help change some of the people that are in office.
4: Great. That's awesome. Um, uh, I, I see a note here, um, uh, about your, your pressure campaigns. Can you guys tell us a little bit about that?
7: Um, that's just one of the, uh, the tactics that we pretty pretty often use. Yeah. We, um, We had this campaign against um, a restaurant called Ten Roof 2 who like during phase one when they were supposed to be like basically shut down um, had had people posting to um, social media like pictures of their bar just packed out like the Mm -hmm. bar top part of our phase one was that bar tops like bar seating wasn't supposed to be open. You had to like get a table and all of this Mm -hmm. and they people it was like standing room only around the bar. Um, and so we just uh, mounted a social media campaign against them. And like, it was the fastest campaign I've honestly ever seen. Like two days later, they posted to Instagram, like our bars shut down. And Wow. A, yeah.
4: Um, it's got to be somewhat satisfying to see how <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the power of... of
2: Yeah, well, like actually being effective there.
4: Yeah, of furious citizens who are finally paying <laughs> attention
2: As, uh, like, workers in the service industry and you're dealing with all the safety stuff, um, anything to people who, like, have to go get the jalapeno poppers at their fucking
4: restaurant? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
2: how can they make that experience not the worst for people who are working? Like, obviously, the advice is to stay home and don't do that. Um, But is there anything uh, for people who just can't get enough of the fucking
4: Jalapeno poppers? poppers?
2: (laughs) Yeah
6: got to have your pops. (laughs) I, I totally love jalapeno poppers so much. And I guess my advice on that would be get it to go order carry out, like go to a park, sit outside with your friends where you don't have to worry about infecting. God knows how many people who might happen to be in that restaurant or how many of their friends or family members that might be immunocompromised. Like we have fought against restaurants being open for dine in since phase 1 because you cannot wear a mask when you're eating yeah. and it is proven that a mask saves lives and keeps people from getting this virus and so you might be eating or drinking or sneezing or coughing and and asymptomatic carriers can pass this virus along and then your server touches your plate and your cup and your dish mm-hmm. to take it back or your busser or your bartender or whatever and then dishwashers wash that and it gets sprayed up in that um, water droplets and the air in the whole dishroom. It is an inherently unsafe thing to do. And if you can do things like as awful as it would be right now because it's so hot, but figure out how to do um, sitting outside on a patio or like if you can do it safely, by all means, please do it. But if if there's any question that you could potentially harm somebody else, especially if Your management team isn't taking these guidelines and these cleaning, like cleaning the restaurant and making sure that everybody has proper PPE and hand sanitizer and gloves. We've heard of restaurants just not providing gloves and wipes to people because they can't Mm. get it. Um, Like, just be safe and and be kind to people and be considerate and understand Mm. that people are human beings first, that are doing a job to pay their bills, and we are all going to struggle with that. Real soon. So, like a little kindness goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah.
2: 30, 30% or more, also. Yeah. Just
6: yes.
4: that out there. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. 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 Tip well. Just get the food to go. Fill some, uh, fill a water bottle up with vodka, drink in a park, yell at a bird, <laughs> you know, have a nice ethical night screaming at livestock.
7: yeah exactly that's like that's a perfect way it puts no workers at risk it doesn't put you at risk either if you go eat inside like you are also putting yourself at risk of getting the uh, coronavirus
4: There's just i mean we've touched on this uh, here and other times there's just no central guidelines or consensus of (laughs) truth but like reality (laughs) basic safety you know in other countries in some businesses i just don't know which businesses are are paying attention to it before reopening doing some like really deep rethinking of their safety protocols it comes down to even air filtration systems you know not every restaurant uh has the same air filtration system set up. There are stories in, in China of people spreading it from being at their table and the air conditioner brought particles to other tables and they can map it out. They see that it was they were sitting in the vent flow and these are the people that were infected on that day. And and some restaurants might have taken this time to, you know, make changes like that updating their filtration systems but you cannot trust that everyone has i mean at the very least we need some sort of like sign and windows saying that they've pu- passed a checklist of agreed right, on like, public safety doing. measures Here the, right here's
2: we don't believe in the virus so it's fine like a sign that says that would be fine with me too like at least <laughs> let me know like you think it's a hoax great now i know
4: yeah oh it's wild there are there any other things that you guys have been working on that we should be aware of, or ways that we can support you?
7: Um, well, if um, if you're in Nashville, uh, don't go to Kid Rock's honky tonk, okay. or um, or what Rock? else? What else? Rippies? Is this, or, is this COVID related, talk? or so, just like in general? Don't go to. Well, it's it's one just just good advice, but two. <laughs> uh, the, That that's the uh, same owner that tweeted the stuff about rioters and looters, which and then um, also has just been like ignoring all capacity limits. um, So do not support Kid Rock's big dumb bar. And the (laughs) Um, owner is
4: not Kid Kid Rock.
7: No. Okay. um, (laughs) No, it's just a dude named Steve Smith. um, Which, like, as a supervillain, I wish he had a more exciting name. But
4: (laughs) it's very weird to steal someone else's brand for your restaurant branding, though. Um, All right, I don't live in Nashville, but I will avoid that place. Uh, Yeah. Well,
6: and um, check us out online on our website, and I'm sure y'all will link it. And then we've got Mm -hmm. um, Rock Underscore Music City on Instagram and at Rock Music City on Twitter, Um, and then we're on Facebook as well.
7: Also, you can donate, um, always, uh, accepting donations through the website. Uh, that's super helpful to keep the operation running and, you know, provide yeah. materials. So one more cause that's, uh, really close to us, um, that we didn't really touch on is, uh, the trans community, especially black trans women who are murdered at just hugely disproportionate rates. Uh, and, um. Our black trans comrade Steele wanted to make sure that we plugged the concept of paying trans women because, like, they face so much more hiring discrimination and all of these things that we've talked about today. Uh, And even though they've ruled it illegal to fire people based on these things, like, in an at will state. Those rules don't even really apply. So um, there's a Twitter account set up with a uh, number of places to donate for these causes. That handle is at pay, B L K T R N S women, uh, at pay black trans women. And um, that is, that's just like a great group um and really really excited somebody's out there taking up that cause
4: and i just for our listeners you, this will be linked in the tweets and everything of course but when you're looking for rock music city it's roc not rock uh yeah
2: might not, be helpful
4: yeah
2: <laughs> definitely not Kid rock style yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah yeah very different all right guys well thank you so much for taking the time uh to chat with us and uh Good luck with everything that you're doing. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Um yeah, it's, very, it's very
6: important. Thank you all for having us and and um, using your platform to elevate the issues that workers are facing right now that are being underreported yeah. and not talked about, um, and in and shining some light on some of the systemic issues that that coronavirus is bringing up for yeah. us and like health insurance being tied to your Ugh, workplace. Yeah. Um and and the fact that, you know, who can survive on 275 a week pre-tax? Nobody. Nobody. You, so we really it, need some Heroes Act passed. Yeah.
7: yeah. It, it that 275 might as well be 0 because it will have you just as houseless in Nashville like there's and, and it everywhere. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, you can't live on that in any part of this country. <laughs>
4: uh, I, are you guys getting the additional $600 right now from Congress on top of that? Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is why are. that's so vital for it to be continued. And, and so far, we don't know what's going to happen.
5: Yeah. Uh, this is why we have to burn the country to the ground uh, if something else isn't passed, because, like, that's the only option. It's annihilation from tens of millions of people, otherwise.
7: Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, like. we 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 are gonna need federal assistance so bad because, like, part part of what has these restaurants open and violating these guidelines in the first place is that our industry didn't get a bailout. Like, we bail out banks every chance we freaking get. We bail out United Airlines every chance we get. But because, like, I think seven in ten restaurants are like a one off, like independently owned mm-hmm. thing. Um, they don't have the like collective power to demand these sorts of bailouts. And so they're forced to operate, to keep their doors open. So if we don't get federal relief on several levels, we're all going to like, we're never going to get through this virus and we're all going to die, broke in the streets. It's really, and the awful. only, and on
6: that too, um, restaurant profit margins are three to 5%. Like they are wow. low. They are yeah. not making a lot of money on restaurants. So like, they might have a couple, like, especially small mom and pop restaurants, like big chain restaurants or something different on that aspect. Um, But with unemployment, right, like, it took them two months to process mine. Um, And I know some people that it's, it's July who applied in March, who still haven't gotten unemployment. Um, And, and now, like, what happens when they go back to work? And they're kicked off their unemployment because our governor put right. up a form on the website specifically saying, if you got called back to work and you didn't go, we can refuse you unemployment Unbelievable. Um, and, and made a form for their employers to report people who refuse to come back to work so they could kick them off their $275 a week. Um, and, you know, what happens for those people who have gone back to work and now have to close down because mm-hmm. of COVID again and, and because our spreads are worse or because their employer didn't care to clean their restaurant are they going to have to sit through that backlog of unemployment mm-hmm. again to get approved again and mm-hmm. how how much like if you're already behind for a couple of months how much can you really hope to like live without that cushion you know right, like how right. far can you stretch what you don't have and
2: yeah. like what is that stress in general just doing to your health too <laughs> like yeah. right
4: yeah. i mean there's so much to unpack but i mean it, and speak to your earlier point, like the majority of restaurants have a small profit margin and the big chain restaurants, which I believe quite a few of them did get a bunch of PPP oh, yeah. loans, oh,
2: yeah. the big
4: restaurants that don't need it. And so we're looking at a landscape potentially post-COVID <laughs> where no, none of the small businesses, the vast majority of the small businesses have survived. Um and that's devastating to think about. No it one really likes is. Dave and Buster's for their food.
7: <laughs> no one likes Dave and Buster's. No
4: one likes. I've never been to Dave and Buster's, but I assume somebody. Germs.
6: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chuck E. Cheese.
2: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I got in the ball pit. My God.
0: I just that's use hand sanitizer on principle right now. <laughs> How does Chuck E. Cheese weather this? No
4: one wants to. Well, I'm sure some people do want to put their kids in those ball pits again. Um. <coughs> all right. Well, thank you again, guys. This has been really
0: interesting.
7: Yeah. Um. Thank you as well. It was a. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you again, uh Brenda and Hayden, for speaking with us today. Um. Make sure you follow them on all those wonderful social media uh, accounts that they just plugged, and check out their website. Mm-hmm. And you can mm-hmm. find us at Worst Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Katie Stoll at Katie Stoll. You can find Cody at Dr. Mr. Cody. Um, and you can find Robert only on Twitter at I write OK. It's
5: the only place. You only place. Yeah. And
0: Robert's going to go to sleep now. And I hope everybody is wearing a face mask, washing their hands and having a great day.
5: Sleep. Wash your face mask, well. wear your hands. No, 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 That's no. what I said. Wipe it's your right. eyes with no, your eyes.
0: Cody, Cody. Wipe your eyes your get tongues. those
5: fingers in your tear ducks, yeah. people. Yeah. Get them real deep in there.
0: All right, that's the episode Dig the tears of- Bye. out. Everything's so dumb. Everything's so dumb, and it's going to get dumber. Great. I tried. Yes. Daniel? Lovely. Lovely.
4: Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit
3: the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
4: What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here.
1: And I'm Austin Hankwitz.
4: We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks.